Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Today we're going to start a new uh, series of sermons to get us in the right frame of mind as we move into the new year. And uh, we all have, uh, as we move into a new year, we can't know today what's going to come tomorrow. We know with some certainty uh, that if the Lord doesn't come, we're going to face another day. If the Lord doesn't come or take us home, uh, we'll, we'll all face uh, another day. We know the sun will come up. We know the sun will go down. But a lot of times we don't know what will be included in that day. Um, a lot of times, though, we... we uh, We have a lot of things happen to us that we can't possibly predict. We don't know if we'll uh, get cancer or if someone we love will uh, be in a car accident or we can't know or whether or not uh, we'll uh, get a new job or lose our job or, or uh, have something happen to us that will cause us financial ruin. We, we don't know any of those things, but we do know is that we have decisions that we have to make each and every day about those things that happen. We have to face those things. And, we, and you know, the people that we are is based on the decisions that we've made. And a lot of times, <coughs> the reason that you wind up the way you are is because your parents have taught you, hopefully, uh, the best way and the right way to make decisions. You you make good decisions and you make bad decisions. And all you can hope for as a parent is, is that your child will make good decisions. Well, God's the same way. He looks at us as His children, uh, especially those of us who have Jesus Christ within our heart and life. And He talks to us about... Uh, in God's terms, it's not good and bad decisions. It's wise and foolish decisions. God wants us to make wise decisions. He wants us to make uh, decisions that that exhibit His wisdom in our life. And the decisions that are not wise, God doesn't mince meat about it. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't try and hide what he thinks about it. He says, if it's not a wise decision made with God, it is a foolish decision. It is a decision that is uh, very extremely foolish. And we're going to look at that today, uh, starting today, and we're going to look at that for a couple of Sundays about making wise decisions in our life. If you will, turn in your Bibles to Second Chronicles. Now that's not to be misconstrued. Uh, I, I, as a, a young person, I used to always get Chronicles and Corinthians confused. They're similar. Chronicles is in the Old Testament. 
Corinthians is in the New Testament. Corinthians is uh, written to a is a book written by Paul to the church at Corinth. Chronicles is a book in the Old Testament that is a book of history. It goes along with First uh, and Second Kings. In fact, First and uh, uh, and First and Second Kings tells the, the history of Israel from the royal perspective. And Chronicles, First and Second Chronicles, tells the history, uh, the same that same history of Israel, but from the priest's perspective. And so we're looking at Second Chronicles chapter one today. Um, it's, but I want to start us off with a, a quote that's very uh, familiar to a lot of people. I, I didn't grow up in a home where uh, this quote was was as prominent, but even though we didn't have someone in a uh, 12-step program, we did have uh, the prayer that's so familiar to those who are in those programs uh, uh, embroidered on an uh, uh, Afghan that was given to us, and, and we, I think we still have one uh, like it today. In our home, it says, in those programs, uh, it is the prayer that says, God grant me uh, the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things that I cannot and the wisdom to know the difference. Now, that's a great prayer, but it kind of leaves things kind of off. It kind of leaves a little gap there of, of some of the most important aspects of that prayer, uh, that should be in that prayer, and that is, is, is God grant me the will to decide to change the things that I can and the courage to make those changes and the wisdom to make the right changes. You see, it's not just simply accepting what comes at us, we have to understand and realize, uh, and and I believe uh, in uh, those twelve step programs, uh, those individuals going through hardships and difficulties with addiction need to realize and understand as much as anyone else. Uh, but all of us need to understand that that life is not just about what happens to you, as if you have no choice in the matter. Now, you will have a lot of things happen to you in your life and, uh, and a lot of things that you can't control. A lot of things that you can't uh, uh, anticipate and know beforehand and be able to make uh, uh, a conscious decision to change. But there's a lot of things in your life that will happen to you that you do have the cho- uh, choice of how you will address those things, how you'll, uh, the decisions that you'll make as a result of those things, and the way in which you approach those things. Uh, I think uh, more than anything, driving a car is uh, the best example of that. How you drive determines is determined by what the steering wheel inside the car, right? Your car and the, and the gas pedal and the brake pedal determine how fast you go, whether you're going or stopped, and that steering wheel determines whether you're going this way or that way or if you're going straight or going backwards or whatever. You can make the decisions as to where you're going and, and how fast you get there by 
those uh, those mechanisms inside the car. And there's some people that try and get there faster than the mechanisms in that car will allow them to get there. I remember uh, one time taking Cynthia up to a football game at the uh, University of Georgia. We had won some tickets to go see uh, the University of Georgia play Georgia Tech last year. And uh, so I took Cynthia up there uh, to that game and we... Uh, knew how long it took to get up there. We knew the traffic was going to be bad the closer we got to the school. But the problem is is that um, we uh, we made some conscious decisions. As, for instance, uh, when the alarm went off, we hit the snooze button instead of getting up. <coughs> In fact, we slept right through hitting the snooze button. So we uh, we got started later than we should have. And I can remember thinking, well, I can still get up there in this amount of time if there was no traffic. But the problem was is once we got close, we, we uh, hit all this traffic and uh, there's no change in the fact that you're going to have to wait on the traffic. And I can remember uh, driving up 75 thinking, if only I could make up enough time driving up 75. There's no twists and turns like on 300. There's no no stoplights or anything like that. No slowing down like you do when you go through some of those small towns uh, going up up to the interstate uh, and Cordill. If I can just make up enough time, the only problem is, is you can't make up enough time. No matter how fast you try and go, it's not going to change a whole lot. But you make decisions about when you leave, about where you go in that car, and those decisions that you make determine whether you get there safely or not. They determine whether or not you get there on time. They determine whether or not you actually get there or don't get there because you might get lost or whatever. And so the decisions that we make determine uh, uh, the outcome of our life. You know, um, Dr. Seuss wrote a, a poem about this a little bit, and he put it this way. Um, Dr. Seuss says, You have brains in your head. You have feet on your, in your shoes. You can steer yourself in any direction you choose. You're on your own, and you know what you know. And you will be the one who will decide where you'll go. All the places that you'll go. Well, Dr. Seuss had it right. One thing, uh, in one thing that he said, the good news is, is that you do make the decisions in life uh, in terms of where you go. But in fact, where we go uh, when we face trouble and how we get uh, through those times when we do face trouble is entirely... Uh, as Christian, we ought to look to God. We ought to look to Him. And so we're going to talk about how to make the right decisions, how to make the right choices in our life. And so uh, we start that off with this example that we have in Second Chronicles chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 7. It says, And the night uh, did God appear unto Solomon and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said unto God, 
Thou hast shown me great mercy unto David my father, and hast made me to reign in his stead. Now I, Lord God, let thy, uh, now, O Lord God, let thy promise unto David my father be established, for thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in a multitude. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. And who can judge this people, this thy people that is so great? And God said to Solomon, Because uh, this was in thine heart, that thou hast not asked for riches and wealth and honor, nor the life of thine enemies, neither ye, uh, ye hast asked long life, but hast asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself, that thou mayest judge my people, over whom I have made thee king. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had, that have been before thee, neither shall there be uh, any that have like uh, that have been like thee. So, what we see here is is at the beginning of of Solomon's reign as king of Israel. Now, can you imagine as a young person? Solomon is estimated to have been around the age of 20, 19 or 20 years old when this happened uh, in his life. And remember, his father is King David. King David has had a tumultuous uh, life as king of Israel because uh, King David uh, was a mighty warrior. <clears throat> Remember, David was just a shepherd boy. He was plucked out of obscurity by God uh, and placed as king of Israel, not the the child of Saul, but but David instead. And David uh, was was plucked out of obscurity after uh, he uh, followed after God and and uh, killed uh, whooped up on. Uh, Goliath and and allowed the the army of Israel to to go after the Philistines. God uh, sent uh, Samuel to to anoint David as the next king, but David didn't become king right away. He was just a child when that happened, and uh, God put David uh, in the the uh, the court of King Saul. And David learned a lot about living in the court because Saul had nightmares. He had difficulty sleeping, and and God placed uh, David there to play the harp. David saw a lot of things. David uh, became a general in Saul's army and and led uh, Saul's army to great victory uh, for God uh, because he relied upon God. And and God uh, when. when God did place David on the throne, David continued his his uh, uh, following after God to go after those all around Israel and to bring about a peace that that was unheard of uh, because the Israelites had come into this land and were taking it over, and so uh, God used David to expand the kingdom of Israel and to make it uh, the the place it is. Uh, in Solomon's day because of that. Solomon uh, was coming into a time of great peace because of David's reign as king. And here's uh, 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 Solomon. Remember, uh, 
when David, towards the end of his, his reign, he was getting old, and his uh, son Absalom wanted to take the throne. He thought it, it was his place to, to become the next king. Uh, he, he didn't really consult his father about that because the king, the father, his father, the king David, had the choice of who he would make the next king. And, of course, God anointed um, uh, the next king as well. God's God decision was upon that. And Absalom uh, thought it was going to be he, so he he went and uh, uh, placed himself on David's throne, had the trumpets blown, had the crown put on his head and everything, and everybody was hooting and hollering because Absalom was sitting on the throne. problem is that David, uh, that wasn't David's decision and, and that wasn't God's decision. And Bathsheba, I remember uh, this is uh, David's wife that uh, that birthed Solomon. She goes in there, Solomon's mother, and says, Hey, David, didn't you say to me that, that my son Solomon would be the next king? And David says, Well, yes, uh, he's supposed to be the next king. And she said, Well, your son Absalom is sitting on the throne instead declared himself king. And so David takes Solomon and places him on the throne in the palace where David is and has the, uh, has the trumpets blown and the crown put on his head and he names Solomon king. Solomon is, is just a young boy, just a teenager, really. And he has no idea of how to lead. He's not a... A military uh, general. He's not, uh, you know, someone who is is skilled at, at uh, diplomacy or politics or anything like that. He's just thrust into that position, and David soon dies after Solomon is placed on the throne, and uh, Solomon really becomes king at that point when David's no longer there, and. So he's he's terrified about what's he's about to face. What am I supposed to do? He, he it's it's like taking uh, your teenager, taking a child that you have that's nineteen, twenty years old, and telling him he's the ruler of everything he sees. Put him there uh, on the throne, and he's just terrified. And God comes to. To Solomon and the night in a dream. Uh, in 1 Kings chapter 3, I believe it is, uh, which is the parallel in Kings, uh, it says that, that God comes to Solomon in a dream. And it says, In the night did God appear unto Solomon and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. Now, in order to be able to make wise decisions like Solomon made wise decisions, first of all, you have to have a relationship with God. God would have never come to Solomon if if Solomon had not had a relationship with him. God would have never come to Solomon and said, Hey, ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. God never came to any of the other kings following Solomon that became... Uh, uh, evil kings that did evil in the sight of God. They never, uh, God never came to them and said, "Hey, ask anything you want, and, you, and I'll give it to you." Never happened. So, in order to make wise decisions, 
in order to make decisions that you know will lead you into the right way in the coming year, first of all, you need to have a right relationship with God. Solomon's relationship with God was more than just simply a cursory relationship, more than just a name only, more just because, uh, than just because his father was David who had a heart like unto God. It was because Solomon had a true relationship with God. God didn't just come to him because he'd become king. God came to Solomon because of that deep abiding relationship that God had with Solomon. And in order for God to to give you wisdom in your day, in order for God to direct your pathway, the first thing you need to have is a good relationship with God. One in which, you know... uh, at Christmas time, we, we oftentimes get together with family. Maybe you had family that came to your home this uh, Christmas. Maybe you went to somebody else's family. Uh, the girls and I were talking about this uh, on Christmas Day or sitting around the Christmas table. We were talking about the fact that uh, they have cousins that they probably wouldn't recognize if they were in the same room with them. Why? Because we rarely see those cousins. In fact, uh, uh, they probably hadn't seen those family members, some of them in their whole lifetime. But others they hadn't seen since they were just little babies. And you probably have family that way too. You might. You might be like some that, that live where all your family's down the same street that you live on right now. I don't know, but uh, that's not our situation. Uh, My daddy's from Lenore, North Carolina, and all of his siblings are all just scattered uh, to the four corners of the earth. I mean, they're just all over the place. And my girls, they hardly know uh, that side of my family because of of that fact. they know my mother's side of the family a little bit better, but they, they haven't seen them in probably 10, 15 years. Uh, so uh, they would have a hard time seeing them. You can't have a good relationship if the only time you you speak to God is at uh, uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, and Easter. You've got to have time that you spend with God. And listen, you can't have just a, a you ha- you can't have a good relationship with God if all the the only time that you open God's word and study it is when you come to Sunday school and, and church. You've got to have a relation uh, you need to have a relationship with God where you spend time alone with God daily where God speaks to your life on a daily basis, where God shares with you his heart through his word. And that's how we grow closer to God, and that's how we have a close relationship with God. Solomon had a close, intimate relationship with God. You could tell clearly that he had that type of relationship that gave him wisdom and just simply what he would ask. And God comes to Solomon and he says, Solomon, ask whatever it is that you want and I'll give it to you. And Solomon says in verse 8, Thou hast shown great mercy unto David my father and hast made me uh, to reign in his stead. Solomon understands, secondly, where everything comes from. Solomon didn't say, Look, God, I, I you know, 
You're probably coming to me because I'm king. He didn't say that. He said, God, you've given us great mercy. You made my father David king when I didn't even uh, when he didn't even deserve it. You made him king of all of your people, and you entrusted your people to him. And God, uh, you have kept him and allowed him to remain king throughout his life. And listen, as you, if you study the history of Israel and and the history of of kings during this time, it was nothing for somebody to be made king, and then. And then a month down the road, two, uh, two weeks down the road, uh, they would be killed by someone within their court and somebody else would be made king. And Solomon said, not only did you make my father king and you showed us great mercy in that, but you have been devoted to him and you have allowed him to remain king until the time that he's an old man. And you have also allowed me to take his place on the throne. Solomon understood the, the breadth of, of the, the provision of God in that Absalom could be king. And Solomon is saying, but God, you allowed me to be king. And he said, he's saying, I don't understand why, but you have blessed me in allowing me to be king. Solomon understood where everything came from. It wasn't because of David. It wasn't because he was king. It was because of God. It, he says, he's in essence saying, God, you determine who sits on this throne. God, you have established my father as king. God, you have you have established me as king and he says I'm not he's saying I'm not worthy. You want to see where he says that? He says he says that basically when he says You've made me ran in his stead. Now, O Lord God, let thy promise unto David my father be established, for thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. He's saying, God, you've made me the king of a great people, and you have you've not only kept your promise to David you've, uh, in making and placing me on this throne, but you've kept your promise all the way back to Abraham. He says, because the promise of making God's people, the Israelites, as numerous as the uh, dust of the earth or the stars in the heaven was part of the covenant that God made with Abraham. And Solomon is saying, God, you have not only shown grace and mercy to me, I know you to be... um, in what we would say, I know you to be a man of your word. You have kept your promise, God. You've kept your promise to you, to my father, and you have kept your promise to Abraham. And he says, I know you'll keep your promises to me. We have to understand <clears throat> that no matter how hard we work, no matter what decisions we make, everything that we have comes from God. And we have to know and understand that that it, just to have a good relationship with God doesn't mean that everything's going to go great, that everything is going to run smoothly, that everything in our life is going to be coming up roses. We have to acknowledge the fact that everything that we have, even when things are bad, that all the things that we enjoy, the, the fact that we've endured even through hardship is a result of God's handiwork in our life. We have to, to express to God 
our dependence upon Him and express to Him our willingness to continue to depend upon Him. Solomon says, I, I know that all that I have comes from you. And he says, I know that anything good comes from you. Now, O Lord, let thy promise... Uh, excuse me, verse 10 says, Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this thy people that is so great? Now, Solomon doesn't ask for something that's selfish. He asks for something that is a part of God's plan. God has made him king. God has established Solomon as the ruler over, over his people. Solomon already knows that God's plan for his life is that he sit on the throne and that he is the ruler and that he is to make decisions. So he knows and understands his place in God's plan in his life. And so he asks God to help him in doing what God has already determined his plan is for Solomon in his life. He says to God, God, give me wisdom that I might accomplish what you've already determined my life should be. He says, allow me to have wisdom so that I can go forth and make the right decisions to rule your people and allow me to be an instrument in your hand. Solomon is saying to God, help me, God, to do what you want me to do. And God acknowledges that. In the next verses, He says, Solomon, because you could have asked for great wealth and you could have asked for the lives of, of your enemies, you could have asked for a long life. He says, you could have asked any of that. And God says, I would have given that to you because I, I gave you that freedom. He says, not only am I going to give you wisdom and knowledge, I'll give you all those things too. Solomon received the blessing of God because God uh, asked him what he would have. And Solomon says, I, I just want to do well what you've asked me to do. And really that ought to be all of our prayers. God has tasked us with a, with a task. You might not realize it, but you've got a job. You and I ha each have a job. God's Word tells us in the New Testament that we're to, uh, in Matthew, God gives us a, a commandment. He says, go out into the world and tell everyone, teaching them all the things that I've taught you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> and making disciples. We've a task. God has determined that for us. The question is, how will we approach that task before us? God has given us the ability to ask Him very similarly to what Solomon has received here. God didn't come to us in a dream at night, but He has told us in His Word that wherever we go, He'll be with us. That means that God's presence is with us at all times, and we have a choice. Will I listen to God, or will I listen to myself? Will I do things in my own wisdom or will I listen to God's wisdom? Will I allow the wisdom of God to determine the things that I say and do or will I listen to my own desires in my own life? We have a choice too. And that choice is how will we face the decisions that we face each day? We have an option. Either I'll listen to God or I'll listen to myself. 
Solomon in, uh, was given great wisdom because he said, I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to place God first in my life. I'm going to allow, I'm not, I don't have any delusions as to where my wisdom comes. I know that wisdom comes from God, and so I'm going to ask God for more of that. We need to ha- be in a place where we realize that God gives us great wisdom if we simply would just trust in Him. If we rely upon God for direction in our life, if we rely upon God to give us the right choices, everything in our life, everything ought to be determined by listening to God and allowing Him to lead us to the right choice. And that begins, as I said before, with having a relationship with God. If you don't have a relationship with God today, you can't ask God for wisdom and making decisions because you haven't made the first step. You haven't begun your trip. You haven't begun your journey. You begin your journey by beginning a relationship with Jesus Christ. Today, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ in your heart and life, I want to invite you to come and to make that, uh, uh, make that choice today to accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here today and you've been living your life and making all the wrong decisions because you haven't followed after Christ. Maybe today's the day that you begin to look to God and say, God, I already have a relationship with you. But I haven't been listening to you. I want to listen to you. I want to follow you. And I want to allow you to help me make wise choices in my life. I want to follow you in obedience and be faithful to you. God, I want to follow you in every aspect of my life. Perhaps today you just simply want to come and lay your burden on the altar before God and say, God, I don't know what to do with this. Lord, give me your wisdom. Whatever it might be. Whatever your choice, we invite you to come as we stand and sing in a moment. But first, let's pray.